1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Jory was out for up to six weeks But a fitter Alfredo Morelos is available for Rangers tomorrow Neil Lennon could hand debuts to the likes of Shane Duffy and David Turnbull in the Highlands And St Mirren Hibs is on But the Saints will be without two players due to coronavirus restrictions I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight Fraser Wishart and Hugh Keevans Back to club football and that will come as a relief to those Disillusioned by Scotland's doubleheader against Israel and the Czech Republic But... Club football is back to a troubled environment due to the renewed rise of COVID-19. We're now in the land of hope for the best. But here's the new normal. Ross County could make more money off pay-per-view television tomorrow when they play Celtic in Dingwall than they could have done if the Celtic fans had been allowed in. At least somebody's happy, Fraser. Sitting at home watching the telly, Hugh. It's yeah. the new normal, but uh, good to hear that the Simon game looks like it's going ahead. Against the Burning Because of course tomorrow Unusual for us We've got all six games Kicking off at three o'clock Which will be great for you guys In the studio Plenty to talk about And plenty of talking points As with the domestic seasons You said you begins to crank up I genuinely can't remember The last time we had a full Premiership card All six games on at three o'clock On a Saturday Hugh Someone out there will know And they can tell me the answer I, I don't know the last time That it happened And that's the perfect Remedy To those who Were missing domestic football Who Either couldn't be bothered with international football to begin with Or who could and then were turned off by what they witnessed over the last week or so We're back and it's uh, very much back with a bang tomorrow Let's be honest, Scotland were a tough watch Uh, There's no denying that But my belief is that the majority of people in this country Care more about club football than they do about international football Now that's again the new normal Uh, And they will be delighted to welcome back uh, Rangers against Dundee United tomorrow uh, in spite of the bad news about Joe Aribo, there's uh, much about the Rangers side for the fans to be delighted about, not the least of which is all those clean sheets in a row. And of course, for Celtic, there is David Turnbull, there is Shane Duffy, and there will be a massive interest in that game in Dingwall. And throughout the card, people will just be happy to get back. The bread and butter Yeah international breaks Fraser you always talk about them Coming at a good time Or or a bad time I don't know if such a thing Really exists But it's given everyone The chance to take stock Reflect on um, That that mini start to the season If you like We've not played everyone yet Not even close Perhaps add some new faces Hugh mentioned a couple Of the high profile ones And now we we, we get right back Into it this weekend Yeah and sometimes Clubs don't like their players Going away for international football Because of the risk of injuries Or they want their players To get a rest But I think In in the cases of, of many of our Clubs, it was quite good for some of the players to get uh, get a full ninety minutes. Shane Duffy, for example, to get a couple of games as well. With uh, coming back to the Celtic, hasn't played for quite some time as well. So, I think in this early stage of the season, they, they quite like all the players playing international football because it gets them that kind of game time. But uh, you know, we're, we're looking at tomorrow some big games and some important games and some testing games for 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 the old firm as well. And it's a difficult one going up to Ross County. And a new environment again with 300 supporters in it for Rangers, who possibly would have been one of the one of the, the sort of trial games with a few supporters in there, but they can't get anybody into Ibrox. And they'll have a tough one against United. They're a well-organised team. 
01419511025 That's the number you need So let's hear from you this Friday night You've been longing, I'm sure For the return of domestic football So let's hear it What is on your mind? What are you expecting this weekend? Who do you want to see play? What are you hoping for your team As we kick on uh, and get back into league action You can tweet us as well at Clyde SSB But as always, we'd love to hear from you on the phone 01419511025 one oh two five Rangers fans, it may be a good chance for you to kick us off. We're about to hear from Steven Gerrard on the likes of Joe Aribo and Alfredo Morelos. Um so have a listen to what he's got to say. Then tell us what you think. Usual number. Steven Gerrard says Joe Aribo will miss somewhere between four and six weeks after initially fearing he could be out for longer, though there's a bit of relief there. Um he says he's looking for other players just to to fill that void that the injury is leaving. In terms of Joe, yes, it's a big blow. Joe, uh, during pre-season and the start of the season, was in magnificent form. He's a player we rate very highly here, so I, I'm sure he'll be missed uh, over the next four weeks. Um, it's actually good news for us because when he's had the setback uh, in the training, there was a situation where he had to go and see a specialist uh, on this ankle problem and there was a chance he might have needed surgery. Thankfully, he doesn't need surgery and we might be able to get him back in four weeks' time. So, it's actually a positive situation because it could have been a lot worse. But he's definitely going to be a blow for us because um, he's a fantastic player and a, a major talent and a major part of how we play. So it's certainly a blow. He's a creator and scorer of, of goals for us. So you're always going to miss that type of player. Uh, but the responsibility and the pressures on the squad uh, as a whole, you know, all the forward players uh, that play in the, in the forward positions, the responsibility is on them to create and score and uh, find the answers when opposition teams set us challenges. So um, I don't think the pressure goes even more onto one other individual. It goes onto probably you know the players that are fit and available and get the, the opportunity to start for us. Hugh Keevans, big games tomorrow, big games the week after and the week after that. But when people start talking about four or five or six weeks injury absences, you know what that means in this city? Because in six weeks' time, Rangers go to Celtic, and that's yeah. slowly but surely going to start creeping into everyone's thinking. Oh, it's there already. And it's been there since uh, the fans knew the date for the game. Uh, that never goes away. So it's ingrained on in their minds. But tomorrow, Rangers, I think, will get over the, the loss of Joe Aribo. Um, they, in the forward-going sense, are excellent. In the defensive sense, they are flawless, quite literally. Uh, and I think they are taking on a Dundee United side who, if you can remember two weeks ago, went to Kilmarnock and were woeful. And lost 4-0 uh, And I think Mickey Mellon's got his work cut out At Ibrooks. 01419511025 Rangers fans Stephen Gerrard's about to give us The latest update The latest of many On Alfredo Morelos So have a listen to this Read between the lines Tell us if you think he will start tomorrow Or not Would you start him? Would you not? What do you think Stephen Gerrard will do? Uh, he's also praising Ryan Kent Who was player of the month Along with his manager getting the award uh, he says it's down to a team effort And he says Morelos has gone out his way To work on his fitness over the break And thinks the striker looks fitter for it Well I think without being biased I think Ryan Kent certainly deserves To be player of the month I think he's in sensational form He's looking really sharp at the moment He looks really happy and settled here He's had a full pre-season under his belt uh, And I think his, his red card against um, Leon aside I think he's been fantastic to watch and work with so I'm very pleased for Ryan I think that's fully deserved in terms of my award I think it's an award that is a collective reward for the staff for the support that I've had during the lockdown during pre-season up to, up to now in the, in the season and we also have to recognise the job the players have done because them awards don't come unless your players are playing consistent collectively he's had one day off since uh, Hamilton 
So he's come in uh, and trained alone with, with, with a fitness coach, which is good to see. And he's done that off his own doing. That tells me that he's focused, that he wants to get himself ready for the games that are coming up. He certainly looks better on the eye. He looks like he's getting sharper. So yeah, he's available. Again, he'll train this morning and he's available for selection for tomorrow. Yeah, um, I think it's the case that Ryan Kent, never mind Alfredo Morelos, never mind Cedric Eaton, never mind Kamar Roof, I think Ryan Kent is the most dangerous forward-going player that Rangers possess at the moment. Uh, the award well justified, um, and he will be a thorn in Dundee United's side tomorrow. As I say, Mickey Mellon is going there on the back of a 4-0 defeat. Prior to that, he lost 1-0. The Celtic at Tannadice, that's five goals, none scored. Uh, so even with the return of Lauren Shankland to fitness, I think Dundee United are bang up against it tomorrow. Yeah, I think that uh, I think your question was uh, to supporters about Stephen Gerrard and his comments, Gordon, and I think you can read a lot into what Stephen Gerrard says. I think he, he is a pretty straight talker. Before he dropped Alfredo Morelos, he was talking about his attitude and talking about his head perhaps being turned and perhaps you know the, the, just the whole transfer talk getting to him and he left him out, left him out completely. And and I think the way that Stephen Gerrard was talking there is he's seen a reaction from from Alfredo. Difficult. I I, I can sympathise with football players when you get uh, your head turned a wee bit, you know, and there's a lot of speculation and you maybe know what's going on behind the scenes and it can be big money moves etc. It's not easy to to keep your focus. And if he gets Morelos back on his focus and back on his game, he's looking sharp. I think he's just a, he's an automatic first choice. I would play him every single week if he was fit and he's on his game. You've got to play Morelos. He's, he's a terrific talent. Does this seem like an ideal opportunity to do it, Hugh? The international break sometimes gives you that chance to to reset. You know, Rangers are not necessarily coming you know straight off the back of another game where there are other players that you can't possibly leave out. You know, there's that there's that, that window there to perhaps do something different and, and bring him back in. Yeah, why not? Um, if you want to sell them, um, I think people have to see him. It has to be high profile. It has to be in the side and scoring goals. Uh, he's been linked with just about everyone, <laughs> with the exception of Accrington Stanley. Uh, so it's time for people to be reminded of what he can do. Uh, yeah, and uh, we're going to hear a bit from from Mickey Mellon. Um, in fact, I'll just do that just now, shall we? Since since we are on the topic, uh, he's obviously asked. Stephen Gerrard's asked about Alfredo Morelos every week and Mickey Mellon's asked about Lauren Shankland every week. So here's what he had to say. Are you ready? He's back! So you don't have to ask me anymore! <laughs> <laughs> he's back! <laughs> no, he's... he's, he's uh, Lawrence is fit. Nobody's tried to buy him this week before the NDR start one. Nobody's tried to buy him this week. Um, he's, and he's fit. And we're delighted that he's back in the group again and he's had a good few days training. So Lawrence will be coming to the Rangers game with us. I don't want people to think I'm just jumping on one clip here, but I just like Mickey Mellon. Yeah, I like yeah. his enthusiasm. I like the way he goes about his business. Yeah, as I say, it's a very interesting development at Tannadice. However, they've thought outside the box. They've brought in Mickey Mellon and he is good for the club in every way, including presenting the club in a, a, a humorous fashion like that. However, they were woeful against Kilmarnock. They were much better against Celtic But still lost I know they lost so heavily Do you think they actually were woeful? Now I know they made mistakes And they, they got hammered So I, I, I feel like I, I'm answering I my own question here But I, I don't know I feel like they weren't too bad Well I think if Kabamba and Brophy Are both scored by half time 
uh, you're going inside and thinking about your central defenders well their two strikers have scored against you so what do you do in the second half you go out and you lose another two you've also Mark Connolly missing he's been injured yes, as well and he was one of those central defenders but uh, is probably the first choice centre back alongside Mark Reynolds they've had the lad Ryan Edwards who they brought up from, from England who's who picked up an injury early on and probably won't be fit enough to play so young, young Lewis Nielsen's going to have a role to play tomorrow young 17 year old Hugh I think sat his hires a few months ago and uh, but it's a good prospect so it's not great going into a game at Ibrox against a Rangers team who, who are doing so well that uh, you've not got your experience to centre centre backs I was just thinking there Mickey Mellon though Hugh in your day you, 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 he's making the statement and nobody's tried to buy him this week yes the next question is what about last week yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's leaving himself open no, when you mention you Lewis, that, when yeah. you mention Lewis Nielsen don't talk to Hugh Keevans about youngsters you know the, the revelation of the day there's always one that today in the office for the first time in his life he tried Haribo <laughs> Haribo sweets <laughs> He wasn't the oldest in the office for the, fir- for the first time in his life yeah, He had Haribo, Haribo in the office this I afternoon I buy it for the grandkids all the time And I've never ever tried it And today I tried it But I'm assured that by 7 o'clock I might be break dancing in the studio here <laughs> Anyway, Craig is a Rangers fan on the line Kicking us off tonight What do you think ahead of tomorrow, Craig? Uh, how are we doing, uh, gents? Um, I-, I think, listen, personally First of all um, I want to say I think the manager of the month for Gerard, player of the month for Kent, I think thoroughly deserved that, you know, when you start the season with five clean sheets in a row and you break that record and you play as well as Kent has been playing as well, I, I don't see how anybody else could have got it personally. Um, but I think where Morelos is concerned for me, I mean, you've got to play him. He has to start him. Um, you know, I've absolutely nothing against uh, Kimar Roof. I think he's done a stellar job the, the two games he started, to be fair to him. Um, you know, and I think as his game's going, you'll see his form pick up as well. And obviously, Cedric Keaton and Defoe come back. But I think the, the more games Steven Gerrard leaves him out and doesn't play him, then the more his value will go down. So if he is to be sold, as you said, you know, a lot of clubs have been interested. Um, so if he is eventually to be sold and Rangers want sums of money that they're looking for, you need to be giving him game time. You know, if you're not giving him game time, then, then people are going to go, well, why should we pay? 18, 19, 20 million pounds for a player that you're not even co- you know confident enough to, to start anymore. Mm, but yeah. also, the other side of that, I think Morelos has got to, if he does start, he's got to go and show that he is still the number one striker because he's got big competition now at, at Ibrox and he really needs to show that he can still go out there and put in a, a, you know, the performances of, of the last two seasons for me. But I think, Craig, if anyone asked you who's the number one striker at Ibrox, it is... First, last and always Alfredo Morelos over Kamar Roof and Cedric Eaton uh, I just think that people have to see you And that there's no reason why he cannot play He's fit enough uh, He's had the two week break caused by the internationals And there's no reason at all why he shouldn't play And therefore I think Stephen Gerrard always picks Based on what is best for the team and the club And uh, for me tomorrow I agree with you That means that Morelos starts to match Steven Gerrard's been fairly open Craig about the times that he's felt let down By Alfredo Morelos recently So to hear your manager on the show there saying That he's gone out his way to work on his fitness Over the international break and he's looking better Is that, I take it that's encouraging It is It is an encouraging uh, sign I think, you know Obviously when you know these Big sums of money are offered for him And, and these teams that you know, let, let's be fair, even if it was a team like uh, 
Lille French League One, where Rangers are right now, they could probably offer Morelos, um, you know, football at a higher level. Um, but I think for me, Morelos, you know, he has to, if he wants these moves, he has to show he's committed to where he is because right now he's still a Rangers player and he has let this club down on a number of occasions, not just. Um, the, you know the start of this season, but you know, in general, I've referenced it. The amount of red cards he's had, the amount of games he's missed. I mean, think of the amount of goals he's taken away for Rangers goal scoring tally by missing seven, eight games a season for being banned or or whatever. You know, that's that's not something that that you need. And in a, and this season in particular, whether he, he moves or not, right now he, he should be focused on the fact that. This is a must-win league for Rangers and he should know that and appreciate that until he signs a dotted line at another club, his focus should be on making sure he's doing his best to try and help Rangers win 10 in a row. Otherwise, what's the point? And to Hugh's point about Morelos being number one, yeah, he is the number one striker and I was, to be fair, surprised that Gerard didn't bring him off the bench the last time they played. But I was just pointing out that I think he's got more competition around him now than he's had the last two seasons because Defoe was never really going to compete them for number one long term just because of the stage of his career is it but you've got two young hungry players in Kimar Ruth and Cedric Keaton and they'll be keen to try and at least make their case and I just think that should motivate him you're right he's number one but surely that having those two young hungry lines you know fighting behind him should give him motivation to maintain that four to six weeks for Joe Aribo um, Craig is that is that a race against time now to be fit for the the Celtic game? Is that the way you see it? Think he's got a chance of coming back in time? Well, the thing is, for me, unless he's going to be a hundred percent fit for the Celtic game, he shouldn't play because that's not a game you can afford to have somebody on the part that's not firing all cylinders. I'd love to have him playing personally because I think, you know, for me, Brandon Barker, he's just not good enough to beat Rangers, and I, and I hate criticising him because I don't think he's a bad player. I just think. Um, at the level that Rangers need him to be at and particularly when on the other side of him you know the other wing you've got Ryan Kent at the level he's at right now you need you know Joe Rebo was fantastic before he got injured his form was the best form he's shown in a, a Rangers shot for Mamory so if he can be 100% fit then I, you know he should play because it's important we need our best player I would trust him in a game against Celtic more than I would Brandon Barker especially at Celtic Park you know it's going to be tough but if if you can go there and somehow lay down a marker by winning the first old firm of the season at Celtic Park, you know, it sends out a, a clear signal to Celtic that we are here to win this league this season and we're, and we're serious. Um, and we'll not be just overlooked because they've had it, you know, the Rangers collapsed in the last two seasons, they've had a bit of pressure for a while and then they've just had a leisurely stroll to the finish line. And we want to make sure the message is clear that that's not going to happen this season. Yep, a lot of football to be played before then. It's my, I, I asked the question, to be fair, so nothing wrong with that. But thank you very much to Craig for kicking us off tonight. Neil Lennon is pleading with authorities to allow fans back into Celtic Park as soon as possible. He says Celtic have been at the forefront of everything positive. We'll hear from him next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans and Fraser Wisher are here We're excited We've got the return of domestic football tomorrow We've got all six games on at once uh, G Max, he actually tweeted me earlier Hugh, to say, How can you say that's a good thing? I would rather they were spread out And then I can see more of them And, and, and I do get that But mm. I'm just talking from a football 
Traditionalist perspective There's something special About Saturday at 3 o'clock And it's a bit of a novelty We don't We, we never get it We never get it Where they all play At the same time on a Saturday And we all know As Craig the first caller said This is a unique season For Rangers and Celtic fans And Tomorrow in here We'll have uh, The privilege of watching both And seeing In a kind of Jeremy Vine fashion As things stand <laughs> At the moment And all of that stuff uh, So it will be exciting The last time it happened I was leaving primary school to go to senior <laughs> secondary school <laughs> And TV hadn't been invented yet Correct. So it's good to we look forward to that tomorrow Neil Lennon is pleading with the authorities To allow fans to return to Celtic Park as soon as possible um, It's been a long old time hasn't it? March we do have test events tomorrow 300 Ross County fans will watch the game in Dingwall Neil Lennon says it's a start I'm not sure how big a difference it'll be But it, at least it's a positive And um, you know We're disappointed that we haven't had the opportunity to get fans into our stadium because we've been, you know, at the forefront of everything positive regarding this pandemic in terms of getting the game going again. Uh, it's a it's a good sign. Uh, it's a sign of progress, and you know, hopefully, you know, we'll get our turn sooner rather than later because it's imperative for us that we get our supporters back into the stadiums. From our point of view, and our stadium, I think it's as good as you can get. You know, I watched the NFL game last night, the opening game of the season, Kansas City Chiefs. There was 17, 18,000 in their stadium. You know, so I, I don't understand to a certain degree why, you know, we can't sort of accelerate this um, when all the protocols and and measures have been, you know, checked and checked again by the club. Well, football in general doesn't understand What's going on down in uh, England today? The football authorities there have written to the government asking why they can't have people uh, on a normal profit-making basis. Uh, and Neil Lennon is speaking up on behalf of his club in particular and Scottish football in general. But we are at the hands of the people who lead us in the country. And uh, yesterday's decision was that the test events could go on at Aberdeen and in Dingwall tomorrow, but thereafter, no fans in grounds and uh, the government, the Scottish government will have a think about it again with regard to the 5th of October. That is the new indicative date, as they call it. Uh, Fraser, Neil Lennon seems to have upset a few hundred people on our <laughs> Twitter feed, maybe even more. Uh, it's been a couple of minutes since I checked. That comment about Celtic being at the forefront of everything positive uh, with regards to getting the game back going Lots of people, too many to mention Are tweeting saying How can he possibly say that? Look at ball and golly Etc, etc What exactly does he mean by that When he says Celtic have been at the forefront Of everything positive? I, I can only guess that uh, You know, he knows that Celtic were Did a lot of hard work behind the scenes With regards to, to the protocols And a lot of that information was, was shared as well So so he's right Celtic have done, have done a grand job like, uh, like, like every club You know, Celtic are fortunate that, that they are a big football club and have lots of staff. I know the work that people at Hamilton Ackies and St Mirren and Motherwell and St Johnston with very, very small staff. They've been at the forefront of a lot of the work as well that's, that's gone on and huge amounts of work by people who are doing two and three jobs at the same time, you know, um, working behind the scenes, club secretaries, chief executives, etc., doing it, doing everything as well. So so, so he's right, you know, Celtic have done a grand job. So have the, every other club in, in Scotland and, and we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago on air, you know, the, the word privilege, you know, uh, you know, privilege to restart, which I don't like that word. If it is a privilege, football's paying heavily. And I think you had the, the Aberdeen um, commercial director on the other, the other day 
football has different hoops to go through than, than other businesses, and that's fine. You know, to, we've had to have to accept that from the government. But I think there has to be a recognition here that football is paying a mm. paying a, a large cost to get football back on, which is great for people like us who work in it and I include ourselves working here, but obviously players and people who work for football clubs, but also people want to watch football at home. So football's football's done its part, and and he's right in, in, in the sense of you know his club and others. I put a huge amount of work in to, to get football in. Let's bring in William, see what he's got for us tonight. Hi, William. Hi, hi everybody. Hey, everybody well there? Yep, can't complain. Hi, How Lord. are you? Yeah, I'm fine, Good. yes. Uh, yeah, my, my, the, the point I would like to make is going back to the when the fixtures come out and we had certain fans, uh, well, we'll say Rangers fans, moaning about their team having to go to Aberdeen. If my team, Celtic, hadn't won the league I would have said that's probably the best fixture to get in the first game because Aberdeen traditionally don't get off to a good start and they had injuries to their team but carry on as as it was they won the game but the main point I'd like to make is never mind complaining about fixtures but slowly possibly getting fans into grounds and I would say take a look Every fan, when you get back into ground, especially the fans of the Rangers, and see if your pals are still there. There may well be new faces, because some of your faces may not have made it through the virus. And then think about, why was I moaning? At least we're getting into the ground. At least I'm still here to watch it on the telly or watch it on the PC. Well, to be fair, you, you, you're you dealing in the ancient history here Talking about the Aberdeen game, the first game of the season That's way back now uh, And also, it's not just Ranger supporters Who may have lost people, friends During the coronavirus pandemic uh, That applies to everybody And it doesn't just apply to football either It applies to all walks of life So I'm not quite sure where you're coming from, William um, We hope that everyone is healthy enough to go back to football when they are able to go back to football but not right now and uh, on a personal basis I don't think there'll be anybody at the Celtic Rangers game either on the 17th of October I don't think the government want a number of people in their thousands to be at Celtic Park that day I mean Fraser we don't know for sure but we learned yesterday that the date has been pushed back now we were hoping that September the 14th would be the date that we can um, start getting people back That's been pushed back I think October the 5th At the very earliest With that game coming 12 days later It's not going to be A significant number is it? I don't think there'll be anybody all. there I don't think there'll be anybody there I agree with you um, There's no games between October the 5th Even if there was kind of Some kind of go ahead There's going to have to be A test event At one of the bigger clubs grounds Either Rangers or Celtic It's not going to be that one um, Because the, the, the issues As we've said so many times In this show It's not so much Being in the grounds there's, there's issues about getting there, public transport, people going in, and and uh, and buses going to bars and nightclubs and sorry, restaurants, and nightclubs. They're all closed, but bars and restaurants before the game. That's the issue around around the, the the games. That's why they will have to have a test event at either Ibrox or Celtic Park just to see how the people get to and maybe have a slightly bigger crowd. That's not going to be the Old Firm mm. game. I, I really don't see it. And that's we have the game in the second. There's not a game for two weeks after that. That's a proper weekend out if you're going to the nightclub before the game. Some people might, I don't judge, but that, that's quite something. Jimmy's in Yoker. Uh, what have you got for us tonight, Jimmy? What's on your mind? How are you doing, guys? It's, it's the same thing about the, the COVID. You know, I just can't understand why there's two games being good 
um, a pile at the morning for 300 fans, which to me is nonsense. I agree with Fraser saying there, there should be more fans. Now, what is 300 going to tell us? You're better having maybe a 1,000 at the game, at Petaudry, and then a 1,000 at the Ross County game, and that way you could maybe monitor better. Let's be honest, what is 300 fans even getting into a small ground like Ross County? What is it going to achieve? It's going to achieve absolutely nothing. And it's not going to tell us anything. You know, I know we're, I mean, we're not allowed to go for a pie and all this carry on at half-time. That's fair enough. But looking even at Ross County and then looking at Petaudry, there's 300 fans. How how can the government say that that's a test? Well, is, so is, it, is it not just about baby steps though, Jimmy? I, I think everyone acknowledges it is a very small number, but is it not just about this being the first one and then hopefully you can just up it and up it from there? But that's, that's no baby steps. 300 people in the stadium is not going to tell you anything. You're, you're better finding out. You know, if they talk about the herding, right, why not put 500 to 1,000 people in? Put 1,000 people in each stadium and let's find out if, if there's, there's going to be an infection. Well, because I just think 300 fans is a nonsense. Well, first of all, you have to get 300 in at Dingwall tomorrow and then wait two weeks to see if it's had any effect on the coronavirus spike in that particular area because it's all Ross County fans. So... It may be frustrating for you and for other football fans, but they have to find out. Um, and perhaps the medical people, the virologists, are saying we can handle that and we can tell you from there. But I'm very much afraid that you're going to have to put up with this because it's a, a global pandemic. The death toll is rising and the medical people want to find out if football is safe with people inside grounds. Well, no, no. From a football perspective, uh, Fraser, I think we people would say we're not experts on that either, which I, which I would accept. <laughs> yeah, uh, but we're certainly not experts on on the sort of medical side of it and the likelihood of you know of the spread of the virus. But for tomorrow, this is about logistics, is it not? Yeah. More than anything, for football clubs, um, you would you would take Jimmy's point though. Three hundred is hardly anything. Um, Aberdeen were telling us on the show the other night that they're going to have. You know, they're going to have single households in They're going to have people from the same household So that they can sit together They're going to have different types of fans And, and try and get a bit of a sample So it's alright for us to look from the outside and say We won't learn anything from 300 But the people who, oh, know, who know about these things Claim that they will And you, you have amounts. to have a, a level of trust there Huge amounts And, and the police, anybody that's been outside a, a ground with a with a big crowd, um, you know, people just milling around and rammed together, trying to get through turnstiles, etc. That just can't happen in the future as well. So, everything from the police, from the medical side, from the from the travel, from the hospitality as well, in the round grounds as well, everything will be monitored to see can people maintain social distancing, can they get to a football ground, but still stay within the guidelines? Because if you put two thousand people in our, yeah, a thousand people in Ross County, it's a small ground. And anybody that's been there knows it's a very tight access to the ground as well. So all these things have to be taken into consideration. And we said before, just because it works for one club, you know, big clubs have big big areas around their stadiums. Celtic Park, for example, going to the main stand, that's not going to work for Motherwell. It's not going to work for Hampton Ackies. It's a one one size fits all isn't the way forward. And we have to just take a baby step. And I, people think we'll do this test and then all of a sudden we'll have grounds half full. It's not going to be like that. You know, no. it's been a long time before we see a ground with even, I think, a quarter capacity. And we've got breaking news on this topic tonight. So listen to this, gather your thoughts and give us a call. We'll get stuck right into it and maybe after Beat the Pundit at 7 o'clock. So the SPFL has now confirmed beyond all doubt that Hibbs' visit to St Mirren tomorrow will go ahead. However, St Mirren will be without three goalkeepers for the game because Jack Anik, as you know, tested positive. Um, the second goalkeeper... 
has also had to isolate And the Buddies will be without their third goalkeeper Who's being left out as a precaution So St Mirren will play against Hibs tomorrow But they will do so without their three first choice goalkeepers Quite incredible Let us know what you think 01419511025 Thanks to Jimmy and Yoker Uh, We're also going to hear from Neil Lennon Talking about maybe giving Shane Duffy A debut tomorrow Celtic fans Yes or no Duffy in from the start You tell us 01419511025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Fraser Wishart Here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard It's 01419511025 What do you make of that breaking news? I'll give it time uh, to sink in with you You can gather your thoughts And then maybe we'll delve right into that subject Just after 7 o'clock So St Mirren against Hibs Goes ahead tomorrow but St Mirren will be without all three goalkeepers The first choice keeper, um, Jack Anik The second choice goalkeeper, Dean Linus Have both tested positive um, And the third choice keeper um, is also isolating as uh, a precaution um, In fact, let, let me sort of retract that Because in, in the official statement They're just named as goalkeepers A, B and C So just in case I've, I've got it the wrong way around with, with B and C I'll keep myself on, on the right side of things We know that Jack Anik has tested positive One of the other goalies has tested positive as well And the third goalkeeper um, is isolating So the game goes ahead But no goalkeepers Someone's going to have to go and goal for St Mirren tomorrow So Give us a call on that And we'll deal with that very soon indeed Let's hear a bit more from Neil Lennon though Before we round off um, What he had to say today He's hoping to kick on after the international break New loan signing Shane Duffy of course In line to make a debut tomorrow Shane will go straight into the squad Yeah, He, um, he had two games for Ireland um, Obviously he scored in one of them um, That was his first couple of games since January So that will have done him the world of good To get you know really good fitness levels And you know good quality games under his belt so he's uh, available to play as well. No fresh injury worries. Um, Neil Beaton is, you know, feeling a little bit sore in the knees, so it's being assessed as we speak. Uh, apart from that, everyone has returned. So it's only Maggie Johnson, really, who's sort of still a long-term casualty. Tom Rodgick started training today, and um, Griffiths is still doing a little bit of uh, fitness work and. Hopefully he'll be available for the upcoming games. Shane Duffy debut tomorrow, Hugh? I think he should. Um, I don't see the point in hanging about with Shane Duffy. Uh, I do take on board Neil Lennon's point that he's had two international matches since January and that's the sum total of his football. However, uh, he's there for a purpose and I think the purpose begins tomorrow in Dingwall and I've rarely known a player to come to Celtic and be as iconic a figure as Shane Duffy without ever kicking a ball for Celtic you know he's had a wonderful uh, family story to tell of his mother buying him all the Celtic tops in Derry when he was a kid he's had the awful tragedy of losing his father Brian at the incredibly young age of 53 and he wants to dedicate his uh, first game for Celtic to his father who took him from Derry to watch Celtic play so he's a hero in the eyes of the Celtic fans but more importantly for Neil Lennon he was brought to do a specific job And I think his work starts in Dingwall tomorrow Debut tomorrow, Fraser? Yeah, absolutely Yeah, and, and I know what Neil's saying about games And he's played two two games But um, he, quite often what happens is you, you end up not playing these players For a week or two weeks or three weeks And then all of a sudden the fitness goes again And uh, you know we're, we're talking already about the Oldham game coming up It's only five weeks away And there's only three weeks of games 
to go before the October uh, international break. So uh, get him in, get him playing, even if it means 60, 65 minutes and they can take him off. But uh, yeah, I would get him in and get him uh, as close to match finish as you can, as quickly as they can, because never mind the Ultram game coming up, Celtic still got to win these games. And we have a physical test up, up at Dingwall. You know, they're a big, strong side, especially up front with likes of Stewart. And Mackay can put himself about and Draper in the midfield as well. They're a strong team, so you need your strong players. And I would, I would play Duffy, absolutely. Brian is a Celtic fan on the line. Simple question to you, Brian, to kick us off. Would you play Shane Duffy from the start tomorrow? Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. Straight in? No qualms? Uh, well, if he's, going, if he's going to go with the back three, which I would prefer, then I would be playing Shane Duffy as one of the three, yeah. Now that's a good. That's a good point, Fraser. Because there's more to this than does Shane Duffy play. It's if Shane Duffy plays, what does that mean? Does it mean he plays instead of Christopher Ayer or Christopher Julian, or does he play alongside them and Celtic go three at the back? And if that's the case, who misses out? What do you do with wing backs? Is it Greg Taylor or is it El Yunusi? Is it James Forrest or is it Frimpong? Yeah. So it, there's more to this than quite simply does he play or not? But I think Rangers, sorry, Celtic turned round after. Um... January and it was mainly playing three five two. I think it got a couple of strikers on the pitch. It got an attacking midfield player as well. Forrest playing the right hand side. It's not a right back playing as a wing back. He's a winger out there as well. So I think it's a formation that served Neil Lennon well also at Hibernian. And Celtic fans you speak to, they're beginning to come round to the thinking that this might be their best formation. Is is the three players there with Brown sitting in front and just letting all the rest of the players attack? So yeah, I think it'll probably be a three tomorrow. I would, I would think he'll go with a three five two. Let's be honest. You know the, the the talent that Celtic have available with David Turnbull. I would imagine in line for a debut as well. Um, Celtic really ought to be far superior to Ross County. Bearing in mind what Fraser has said about big strong boys, etc., etc., etc. But uh, if Celtic aren't going up and steamrolling Ross County in Dingwall, then. There's something wrong with the protection of their nine in a row and going for the ten. Well, they didn't, they didn't steamroll Dundee United at Tannadice. I think we have to start sort of showing other teams maybe a bit more. I don't know if respect is the right word, but you know, going on the road. Just look at that last away game. Look at Tannadice. It's not uncommon that that you're going to go there and find it relatively difficult. I'm not but, saying it all hinges on Shane Duffy playing, and um, but we can't just always expect Celtic and Rangers to steamroll everyone but, every week. But when you have the quality that Celtic and Rangers have, I know, but when, they had the quality at Tannadice, and when they needed it, they brought on a five million pound striker who won the game for them. They didn't steamroll them. A yeti. No, they did not. But I'm saying that they should be capable. Of doing it to Ross County um, Fraser, David Turnbull Hugh mentions as well I take it Just because of the, the, the Perceived strength of Celtic's midfield Is there is there more chance of seeing Shane Duffy from the start Than there is David Turnbull? Um, yeah, I would think so When you look at the strength In that midfield area Than Cham and Christie And McGregor and Brown They seem to be the four That the regulars there But it might be a game Where, where he wants to, to, to play David Turnbull Or he might wait until a home game Against, uh, against St Myrne during the week but again it's keeping these players match fit because they're all going to have a role to play and playing the 3-5-2 Ayeti is still short of match fitness Neil Lennon says so how do you get match fit you get them in the team and yeah. if, if Edward was to break down again they don't want to be in this, this same scenario as playing with, with Ryan Christie as, as a lone striker you want to have an Ayeti or Klamala or somebody like that fitter so the 3-5-2 means you can play a Yeti for 60 minutes and bring on Clamalla for 30 as well beside Edwards if he's fit so is, is that, that makes sense Brian is that the knock-on effect then you said you would you would put Shane Duffy in you want to see three at the back does that then mean a fit again Odson Edward plays up alongside Albion a Yeti is that the way you want to see it going going forward well, he's, got, he's got a couple of options that he can pick phase I would like to see the young boy Clamalla get more of a chance 
he's never going to get match fit unless he plays in matches. So, well, yeah, if, you, if you ask me, uh, Brian, uh, I'll be a Yeti as he should for five million pounds. He looks a natural goal scorer. Patrick Kamala to me does not look a natural finisher. If the choice was Ayeti while still looking for full fitness or Patrick Kamala, it's Ayeti every time for me. I think he had a, a decent finish. You think I saw him score for Poland under 21s yeah. uh, during the break, Fraser. But there was so much scrutiny put on him with the omission from the, the Ferenc Faros Absolutely, game that yeah. the next few weeks might be quite telling on, uh, as to where he stands. Yeah, Neil Lennon was saying that he didn't feel either of them were, were up to speed and up to match fitness. And, and I definitely see that with Ayeti, who's who was just at the club as well. But Kamala's been there since pre season. He scored a few goals in pre season. He's played. I think there was enough there for him to play 60, 65 minutes at least. And then he can adapt as well. So you, you do have to ask about, about uh, doesn't he learn and fancy him as well? But, you know, again, give the lad a chance. He's a young a young lad. But uh, for me, just by his demeanour and by his comments in the media, I think that uh, Neil Lennon fancies a Yeti more and we'll probably play him before he mm. play Clamalla now. What else is on your mind tonight, Brian? It was just about the, the situation with St Mirren. Mm-hmm. I think it just shows up the decision-making process from top to bottom with the government right down to the football authorities just shows them up completely. Now we've got the situation where St Mirren, through, as far as I understand, no players breaching any rules are going to be hampered playing against playing their game tomorrow. Is it Hibernian, is that right? Yes. And then the rescheduled game with Celtic next midweek mm-hmm. without the three first-choice goalkeepers. Because a game was postponed when Celtic had done nothing wrong, but one player breached rules that they couldn't play three weeks ago, four weeks ago, whatever it was. It just so now they have been penalised for that. Well, they're not really being penalised. They they are safeguarding their own players here. Uh, yeah, I, no, I, under, I understand that they're having to leave the three players out tomorrow in their game tomorrow. But I'm, I'm talking more about the game with Celtic next midweek. Against if the game had been played where it should have, then they would have had Jack Alnick yeah. or the second choice goalkeeper or the third choice goalkeeper. But they should be given uh, an emergency loan. They should be getting a goalkeeper in on an emergency loan basis because that is only fair. Goalkeeper is such a specialised position; they have to be given that out. And uh, allowed to bring in another goalkeeper Who of course would play against Celtic Unless um, the, the third choice goalkeeper Or the second choice goalkeeper Was deemed to be fit and safe enough To play against Celtic Do you know what Brian It sets us up nicely Because it's time for the news But as soon as we do that And play Beat the Pundit Let's get stuck right into this debate Because there is a lot to take in here St Mirren are going to be without Three goalkeepers tomorrow uh, Does that Should the game go ahead in your mind? How does that fit in with the other Postponements that we've had previously? There are a lot of questions And I'm hoping You can help us find some answers So get your thoughts gathered on St Mirren And we'll get them after we do this Beat the Pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football Beat the Pundit time, your chance to win not only the bragging rights, which is clearly the most important thing, but we'll chuck in a signed ball for good measure if you get more questions right than Hugh or Fraser. The lines close at 7, so you need to be pretty quick on the phones. 0141 951 1025, your chance to beat the Pundit is next. Tackle the headlines. 0141 951 1025. 
01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Evans and Fraser Wishart's here with me, Gordon Duncan, and tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. If you're just joining us, astonishing breaking news tonight. The game between St Mirren and Hibs goes ahead tomorrow. Uh, St Mirren will be without three players though, and they're all goalkeepers. Jack Anik, Dean Linus, and Peter Erminski are all ineligible. For tomorrow's match St Mirren And it's 5 past 7 on Friday night In case you hadn't noticed Are now scrambling around And they're going to try and bring in An eligible goalkeeper on loan uh, They say they'll update fans As soon as possible Now this is because Jack Anik tested positive For coronavirus And the two other goalkeepers Have obviously been in close proximity to him um, And another one of them Has tested positive also With the third goalkeeper um, Being deemed to be A bit of a risk Because he's been uh, clearly working in, in a similar area Or has been exposed to them So the bottom line is St Mirren are without three goalkeepers For tomorrow's match with Hibs But the game goes ahead What do you make of that? Is that the right decision? Should the game go ahead? Should it be off? Give us all your thoughts And we'll get to it after this Beat the Pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online The Scottish Sun.co.uk Slash football The bar has been set very low gentlemen Gordon DL couldn't remember which town St Johnston playing last night So as long as you go better than that You'll be absolutely fine Let's meet tonight's contestant Paul is calling in from Muir Hill How's it going Paul? Uh, not bad mate, yourself? Can't complain Paul, not too bad at all It'll be even better if you manage to get one over in Hugh or Fraser And get the signed ball So heads you're up against Hugh, tails it will be Fraser and it is tails as well So it's Fraser Against Paul from Muir Hill So I'm going to give you something else To distract you Fraser That's us We're getting the thumbs up Paul So he now Cannot hear you He can't hear your attempts We'll stick 30 seconds on the clock And we'll give you as many questions As we can fit in If you don't know it Just pass quickly And we'll move on Alright I know what I meant. Good man 30 seconds Time starts now Who's bottom of the Scottish Premiership? Well How many Scotland caps Does Lauren Shankland have? One Joe Aribo plays for which national side? Nigeria In what year did Celtic last lose a Scottish Cup final? Uh, 2013 Which Scottish player scored a brace for Inter Miami yesterday? Pass Where did Everton sign James Rodriguez oh. from? Uh, Columbia Who was Hibs top scorer last season? Uh, okay, okay, let's bring Fraser back Fraser, can you hear us? I can, yes Same set of questions to you, you ready? Yes Who's currently bottom of the Scottish Premiership? Motherwell How many Scotland caps does Lawrence Shankland have? Two Joe Aribo plays for which national side? Nigeria In what year did Celtic last lose a Scottish Cup final? 2013 Which Scottish player scored a brace for Inter Miami yesterday? Lewis Morgan Where did Everton sign James Rodriguez from? Real Madrid Who was Hibs top scorer last season? Christian Deutsch And at which Scottish side did Simon Donnelly end his playing career? Partick Thistle Okay, okay Paul, I I heard you kicking yourself on the radio there When you realised you'd got one of them wrong What one was it? It was the Rodriguez one Ah, I thought you said nationality I did wonder um, But yeah I thought you were just Throwing that out there Columbia To see if I would take pity on you But let's find out Who's currently bottom Of the Premiership Sadly it is um, The mighty well The not so mighty At the moment Bottom 
the strongest team though Fraser Strong mighty team. holding Hold everybody up, up. Yes, um, how up. many Scotland caps does Lauren Shanklin have it is two so Fraser Wishart goes 2-1 in front you did know Paul that Joe Aribo plays for Nigeria in what year did Celtic last lose a Scottish Cup final 2014 It's 2002 Wow Yeah So they were either Knocked out before that Or or they've been winning Them recently Uh, So 3-2 to Fraser At this point Which Scottish player Scored a brace For Inter Miami It's Lewis Morgan 4-2 to Fraser It then went 5-2 Paul But you knew this one James Rodriguez From Real Madrid There was life left In you though Paul You knew that Christian Dodge Was Hibs top scorer But sadly so did Fraser And he even pulled one out the bag at the end The man who now calls Mark Wilson Gaffer Simon Donnelly ended his playing career at Partick Thistle Three, four, five, six A seven for Fraser And a three for you Paul and Muirhill Hardlines Well, at least I never got zero Exactly, you gave it a good go You just met a man in form There we go What about that Hugh? Last night's show we had Simon Donnelly on And without even being invited he referred to Mark Wilson as Gaffer Gordon Deal was almost sick at the other side of the studio In tears as well, it had been overlooked for the breaking job It was was high drama He's such a snappy dresser as well Simon You know, beside Mark Wilson, looks like a bag of washing most of the time You need to have a word Hugh, is that the thing to have a... It's a dress code for a Saturday, I think. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, you know what Sid's like. Yeah. Immaculate. I, I do feel guilty because Saturday morning, and before you make any jokes about the way I usually dress, Saturday morning's when I really, really switch off. Because I think, you know what, I'm in here, the studio's sometimes roasting, no one's going to see me. So it's not uncommon for me to rock up in shorts, or if I've been playing football in the morning, whatever it may be. Um, and Hugh's always there. That's oh, immaculate. It's his job, his work. Yeah. It's cardigan season, though, isn't it? You'll well, be digging out the cardigan soon I know there's a nip in the air as they say Oh yeah, very much so I might even have the, the, the hat on tomorrow Or a vest <laughs> Steady That's that's, given, that's going to put people off their dinner uh, Right, <laughs> 01419511025 You don't need to be a St Mirren fan To have thoughts on this I can tell already by Twitter, by the phones That you're going to have something to say About this situation So let's hear it right now St Mirren have now issued a statement Confirming tomorrow's game against Hibs goes ahead they have received late, very late confirmation from the SPFL. That's St Mirren's words. The club says that due to positive test results and track and trace protocols, Jack Anik, Dean Linus and Peter Urminski, who are all goalkeepers, are ineligible for tomorrow's match. So they're now going to try and bring in an eligible goalkeeper on loan and it's quite something, Fraser. We feared that we would end up in a situation like this and um, here we are. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be like this all season. Yeah, even when you look abroad and uh, Paul Pogba, Kelly Mbappe, you know, people are testing positive. The the Czech team, footballers, when they go away from their training and and are, are, are living a relatively normal life, I don't think they're going out anywhere these days after what happened earlier on in the season. But uh, you know, they, they do have families; they can pick things up from people. So it's going to happen. It's just one of these unique circumstances where. All three St Mirren goalkeepers mm. are ineligible so, so no problem from you with regards to the game going ahead You no. just think that's the way it's going to have to be at the moment Only if they can get a goalie I think if you had three players in normal circumstances Wiped out with the flu, three goalkeepers Or you had three goalkeepers injured It's a unique position Of course you can fill in Celtic played without a centre forwards a, a few weeks ago So you can fill in uh, uh, with players in any other position Because players can play two and three positions But goalkeepers for me We've got to look at the integrity of the competition You can't stick... Sam Foley and goals for example And stick mm-hmm. the gloves on him And then you know it, it doesn't work for me So I think they have to have a goalie 
uh, in, in between the sticks tomorrow for the game. But if they can get that, absolutely, it should, it should go ahead. We can't keep cancelling games all season because a couple of players get the COVID. If everything else is, is uh, the tests are all safe and everything else is tested negative, then I think the game should go ahead. Yeah, they're very unfortunate. But the goalkeepers do train together and therefore people have to stop thinking conspiracy and start thinking coronavirus um, because the club are safeguarding their players, not only the goalkeepers as a unit, but also the other St Mirren players and they have to take into account the Hibs players who are visiting the ground. So it's not a conspiracy. We're dealing with something that is entirely unprecedented but they must be allowed a proper goalkeeper. It's too specialised a position for St Mirren to be disadvantaged by playing an outfield player in goal. All right, what do you think then? 0141 951 1025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB. What are your thoughts on that breaking news tonight that St Mirren will be without all three goalkeepers for the game against Hibs tomorrow? Um, is that the right decision? The game goes ahead. How much sympathy do you have for them? Um, Fraser, what a, what a scenario some some goalkeeper out there is going to find himself in because he knows he's um, he's about to pick up the phone I'd imagine and yeah, um, yeah he, he plays he plays tomorrow I, I don't know whether he's going to try and sign a free transfer I mean, somebody who's out of contract has played in, in the SPFL in the last last uh, season or whether they're going to try and get somebody on loan they have a game at Celtic Park during the week as well so it's somebody that's going to have to come in for a, for two or three games at the very least and I, and I think that uh, they should be given every chance St Mern, to, to, to to get a, a goalkeeper of of note in this can't be just you know phone up Mark Guidi or Campbell Murray and saying right there's, there's the gloves in you go you know there is an integrity element to, to, to this where you can't just throw anybody in goals you can play a centre forward at centre half you can do all that type of thing to outfield players but there's something needs to be done here and, and fairly quickly for someone you might have stumbled across something Mark Guidi is mysteriously unavailable for tomorrow's Clyde One Super <laughs> Scoreboard no, no he's usually here on a Saturday hold on I think we've uncovered it he's, he's not he's not on the show tomorrow are we going to see him <laughs> between the sticks if Mark Guidi plays for St Moon I'll get a prediction right <laughs> uh, let's speak you'd be better with Sam Foley and goals let's speak to Andy in Finiston what do you make of that Andy quite a situation isn't it Hi, how you doing, guys? All right. Yeah, good. Thanks. I know. I, I just they were saying to the producer there. This all this SFA is plenty of time to look at all these different kind of scenarios that could happen. You know, what it be from the three keepers. That's you could maybe have five players, that, five year first team players that can't play. So they've got to start making up some kind of rules, surely, to say if this happens, the game's postponed because I mean, three keepers. I mean, that's just mm. you say that seven o'clock at night. They heard this. You know, I don't. I think the SFA need to take a wee bit more stronger hand of ourselves and go right. We're going to postpone these games if whether it's three, four, five players. You know, just make a stance and say, I think that's the thing to do. Here, here's you know. the here's the problem, Andy. Are you saying that just because it's goalkeepers now? Is there room there to to start worrying about who who the players are? For instance, say it was the second choice right back, the third choice left midfielder. And the first choice striker, for instance, would, would we be, would we be having the same discussion? Would you still call for the game to be off? Again, depends on the side of your squad. You know, I mean, I mean you, you can imagine this being a Rangers Celtic game. If Rangers are Celtic, can they play? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so no, I know what you're saying, yeah, but but just going to try and make you no, know, I'd say try and make up some rules here so that you know people get a mere hindsight what's going to happen. Uh, do you know what Hugh Andy's right I mean there's a real A real possibility Imagine the phone lines Right in Four or five weeks time It's Friday night And the statement drops From Celtic Or Rangers to say 
Big game this weekend But Odson Edward Has tested positive And he can't play Or Alfredo Morelos Or whoever it, Whoever it may be Right It would be The reaction would be Incredible But is is that that's just where we're at at the moment? Is it not that that's well, life at the moment? Unfortunately, yeah, exactly. If Watson Edward or Morelos missed the old firm game, tough. You know, we're dealing with a a very serious medical problem here. As I say, people have got to stop thinking conspiracy and start thinking coronavirus. What St Mirren have been forced to do is protect the players and the visiting players from Hibernian. Now it's dreadful. Bad luck However Jim Goodwin will find someone There'll be a proper goalkeeper there And This will persist This problem will persist Throughout the season And one day it will affect Celtic And another day it will affect Rangers But I'm very sorry You're not being inconvenienced People are trying to safeguard lives here So You'll just have to go on with it There's no And incidentally It's not an SFA problem It's the SPFL Nothing to do with the SFA Well it's a joint response group So there's a there's an, a but, sort of overlap But there. there's always this undercurrent That this is a conspiracy This is a no, something no, Do you know what though To be fair to Andy He's not saying it's a conspiracy He just wants the governing bodies To have set rules in place And, and maybe draw up a criteria That if Three players are missing Or four players are missing Or whatever Then it, it triggers a postponement of the well, game Well in that case We'll never finish the season We'll simply not mm. finish the season That's the problem Fraser isn't it Finishing the season I, No no I I, we If you were to cancel games like this Oh yeah yeah Listen we, we've, we've got to live with this And um, we've got to live with it uh, And treat players who are out as COVID, with COVID As you would any other player that's being out But only go ahead with the games If the rest of the players uh, and, and, and staff etc are, are tested negative And there's no danger to them You know if there's a danger to other players And other, other staff Then we have to look at that but from a sense of if you get two or three players out or four players out, five players out, then that's that's a rub for you for your club, and it's going to be like that over the season, and we're going to have that. This is just unique where there's three goalkeepers. I mean, it's mm-hmm. quite it's quite astonishing, and I don't think the game should go ahead with an outfield player in goals. I just think that ruins the whole integrity of the. But but it goes ahead if they find a goalkeeper. Yeah, no problem for you. Yeah, yeah. Right, here's one for you then, um, Jason Leach. If you're listening, going to give us a call. This is the beauty of live radio when something breaks. Um, we kind of have to deal with it. Goal, the league say that the, the joint response group Sorry say that Goalkeepers A and B At St Mirren Have tested positive For coronavirus Obviously they can't play tomorrow Right that goes without saying Now As far as goalkeeper C Is Concerned The club have analysed Their GPS data So they're clearly looking at Where he was on the training field Who he's been alongside How long he's been alongside them for And they have Gathered that goalkeeper C is a potential risk of transmission Given his close proximity to teammates Now He has tested negative For coronavirus Um, Now he may have the virus in its incubation period What about the goalkeeper they sign? How is that any better? I'm hoping And I'm not not asking this to catch you I just hope you can clear it up for me (laughs) So St Mirren sign a goalkeeper tonight They phone Uh the goalkeeper They bring him in They test him Uh Uh-huh his test is negative uh-huh. How can he play And the third goalkeeper can't How do they know that This goalkeeper isn't in the incubation I, I, I period think I think they've just been overly I mean not overly cautious been very cautious With the third choice goalkeeper Because he's been in pro, close proximity mm. With two other people Who have put, right. you know, tested positive Whereas the, the goalkeeper they bring in Hasn't been So I, I know I know what you're saying But um, you know, Simon will obtain advice from, from the local health authority From local the medical people as well and, and they're not they're not saying 
we're, we're just going to play without a, mm-hmm. a goalie or a third choice goalie. I'm sure we, we could play do you think? Goalie. Sorry, just so on that, I, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll try and get to things. the bottom of it. Do you think with this, and I, I guess they'll look wherever they can. Is it possible? Would it be? Would it be preferable then To try and sign a goalkeeper On an emergency loan From another Premiership club Because then you know That he has been adhering To the testing protocols All along Yeah It would be One of the problems Is that uh, You know that the Obviously you can't go to Championship and pick up a goalkeeper Because they've not started Playing yet And haven't played any friendlies But also Premiership squads Are much smaller And one of the problems You have at clubs Up and down the country Is they've, they're getting rid Of the their young lads You know The young lads Are either not training At some clubs Or They've, they've freed the goalkeeper And not re-signed a third, Another young lad to, to come in and play as well They're working with Much smaller squads And that is an issue Because of the financial side But Yeah I can see what you're saying About the guy who's coming in But I think if you test him And he is not uh, Not mm-hmm. uh, Being close to anybody Who's, who's had Fair enough the, yep, That would be the difference I guess uh, Alex is, is a St Mirren fan From Cordonald What do you make of this news tonight Alex? <coughs> Well, Gordon, uh, gents, Gordon, the bit that you've just said there, can you just clarify for me, because I've not picked up this yet, the decision not to play the third goalkeeper, is that St Mirren's decision, or is that a, a decision that the SPFL are asking them to make? Um, so it says the one, that, the one that's not tested positive. Yeah, it was a decision taken in conjunction with the local health board's health protection team, apparently. So, you know, the, the, the local health board is yep. involved in, in this as well, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, as a St Mirren fan, I think what the club's done is earn the side of caution with this. And uh, this isn't the point I came on for, um, but I'll get to it. Can you imagine if the keeper's tested negative and we play him, and then there's a subsequent uh, outfield player tested positive? Um, how would the club then be seen, especially in light of uh, Nicholas Sturgeon's comments about football being its last chance? I think what St Mirren have done here is um, just go on the side of common sense that says mm-hmm. two or three keepers have tested positive. Let's not run the risk of having another keeper test positive, and then just hold him back. Yeah, um, I mean that. I think uh, they've probably done. And you go, sorry. And I think they've probably done that. No, no, sorry. I think they've probably done that, thinking that the SPFL would then cancel the game. Now, the bit where I disagree with Fraser to say this is going to happen all season. It's already happened. It's happened in two teams: Aberdeen and Celtic. And both games were cancelled. And the other thing that's ludicrous is the two teams that they're going to actually trial letting fans in are Aberdeen and Celtic games. Listen, Celtic are gaining no advantage whatsoever from being in a, a, a test environment tomorrow in Dingwall. No Celtic fans are getting in. No, no Celtic fans are getting in. This is again the Scottish um, fascination with it's a conspiracy. What has tomorrow got to do with Celtic? Nothing. And if St Mirren have safeguarded everyone by your own admission, Alec, that's a good thing. And they will get a goalkeeper in tomorrow and he will be a proper goalkeeper. It would be unfair to have an outfield player play and go. That would be ridiculous. But this is going to go on all season long. Jim Goodwin had a terrific quote in this morning's papers where he said... He's going home at night. His children are coming back from school. Well, they are with 700 other pupils at secondary school. Anything could happen. Jim Goodwin, God forbid, could mm. come into contact with one of his children who's been in contact with someone at school. This is what we are dealing with. That no one, There's no conspiracy here. I do think Alex picks up on an interesting point, though, Fraser, which will be shared by many out there. 
Aberdeen had games postponed Celtic had games postponed But yeah. now St Mirren are essentially having to To suck it up and get on with it It is a, It's a different yeah, situation yeah. though isn't it uh, we, well, I agree with Alex I, I don't think those games should have been postponed yeah. But we don't know why but, they but, were postponed Was there pressure from government? Was uh, on the, mm-hmm. the authorities? Alec, this is a, it's a very, very complex situation In terms of the, the, how football is going ahead And how it's been governed at the moment Because there is pressures out with the game that are not normally there So I'm with you I don't think those games should have been postponed But that's the point though isn't it You don't think they should have been postponed So you don't think this should be postponed either You know, Two, yeah. two wrongs don't make yeah, a right absolutely. essentially absolutely. And we've got to look forward You know, And these were circumstances where Individual players, Ball and Golly and Aberdeen 8 were, 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 It was kind of around that And, and you wonder whether it was the government mm. putting pressure on them And send a wee signal to say Step out of line and we'll do this again yeah. Whereas this is just normal circumstances This is just normal run-of-the-mill yeah. life That these lads have picked up by the coronavirus do, do you see the difference there Alex? Because I remember when Jason Leach was on the show And I specifically asked him Is this a punishment then? Is this a punishment to Celtic and Aberdeen? Um, which he said no And you know, he said there was there was a, a health concern But if you remember back Alex Those games weren't They weren't postponed to, to help Celtic and, and help Aberdeen deal with the absence of the players Do you know what I mean? No, but Gordon, it's, it is just about the fairness and consistency. That's that's all that uh, I think anybody's looking for. No, but that, but that but that's my that's my point though, Alex. You know, people. I think most people disagree with the decision to call off the the, the Celtic and Aberdeen games. That was a that was a different time. There was a lot of political intervention there, and I'll repeat it. That wasn't done to cut Aberdeen some slack. It wasn't done because people thought Aberdeen couldn't cope with the absence of the eight players. So it is different. Yeah, and that, and again, the other issue you've got as well for us is the where the money is very limited just now in the game where everything that's happened. We're then going to be out of pocket having to go and sign a goalkeeper who within two weeks will become a fourth choice keeper and, and probably you know not see another game this year. But again, we're going to need to suffer in the, the the back end of that. What do we do then? What's the solution? Cancel the game. Well, if we go on cancelling games, we'll never finish the season. I mean, this will be repeated time and time again because of the need to safeguard not only your players, but the players on the other side. If we go on cancelling the game at a whim, and I'll bet you Jim Goodwin doesn't want it cancelled, and I know for sure Jack Ross doesn't want it cancelled, but it is an unforeseen circumstance. It is sod's law, if you like, but you have to go on with it. There have been flu epidemics before that have had people needing to bring in emergency loan signings rather than call the game off. This is what we are now dealing with. I agree totally. If it was three goalkeepers who were injured and they didn't have a goalkeeper in their squad, they would be asked to bring in another goalkeeper and play the game. It's, so in, in terms of a kind of football mm-hmm. sense, actually getting the game on, as long as the Sitman players are fine and the, the Hibs players tomorrow and everything, there's not a health risk. A health risk. Yeah. Treat it as exactly the same as, as as an injury But again, I would emphasise I don't think it does anything for sports uh, Sporting integrity Integrity of our game If St Man have to play a game without a goalkeeper That would be wrong Yeah. Alright, thank you Alex Hopefully you managed to somehow enjoy the game tomorrow Give us a call back after it uh, Let us know how you thought it went uh, 01419511025 to join Alex on the line And we'll get a question up and running for Hugh and Fraser next as well you are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard.
Hugh Keevans and Fraser Wishart here with me, Gordon Duncan, and tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Lots of reaction coming in to this breaking news tonight that St Mirren will be without three goalkeepers for tomorrow's game against Hibs. Uh, two have tested positive for coronavirus, and the third one is being left out as a precaution. So keep them coming on the phones and on Twitter. A bit of a different theme. On the question tonight We don't need to pay too much attention to it I'll just leave it bubbling away in the background But as always let me remind you The address you need Because it's you that sends the questions in And drives the pundits mental <laughs> Fulltime at Clyde1.com So thanks to Martin for doing it tonight He's looking for 10 clubs That have won the European Cup or Champions League Exactly once It's the only time they've won it uh, Red Star Belgrade mm-hmm. Fraser Porto Mm, no By the look in your face You don't even believe that It's not on Martin's list I trust Martin wholeheartedly uh, Well I'll phone Jose If he's got it wrong We should name and shame Martin yes, yes. Martin Second name But uh, you may be right Martin That was a guess um, I mean Chelsea anymore. Chelsea yes So they've won the European Cup Or Champions League Just the once Red Star Belgrade Porto won at 87 as well There you go Well done Martin I take it all back Chelsea and Red Star anymore Hugh? Um, Nothing Forest and They've won it twice They won it back to back Did they ah, not? Hamburg Yes Okay we'll leave it there That's three down Seven to go We've got more important business tonight uh, Lots coming in on Twitter uh, John says It's different regarding goalies It's late in the day To try and get another one to play That's why I think It should be postponed But outfield players are different 22 to 25 players in a squad Are able to fill positions required But goalkeeper is a speciality um, And Tommy Barnes says If the th- club's three keepers Have been deemed unfit Then the game should be postponed Three keepers out Is Ridiculous I think, I think they're missing um, Out on the word emergency here There are emergency procedures Which are allowed And have been used Countless yeah. times Prior to Coronavirus If there was a flu Outbreak at your club Or whatever You would be allowed An emergency signing And sometimes It did take mm. place On a Friday night It, it just happens Yeah because on, on Tommy's will. On Tommy's point Fraser It would be It would be madness I don't think we've seen it before But if three goalies Got calf strains on Friday Then yeah. th- then the game would go ahead It would go ahead on the Absolutely Saturday. She said flu Flu bugs can affect things as well And we've seen it so often In the late on a Friday night Where somebody gets injured At the last minute And they've got no goalies um, mm. And they, they'll, they'll get somebody instant man But uh, But it can only go ahead if they've got a goal, in my opinion. Uh, right, James in Knightswood, what's your take on it all? How are we doing, guys? Not bad. Um, so, obviously, it's a bit late. A bit late in the day to have the, the information that, obviously, you're going to be short of three keepers. I'll throw my hand in the ring. I'm a keeper. I'm happy to play. I'm a <laughs> Are you any good? But, um, I'm all right. I'm... Just all right? But, um, a cat. I'm just all right. <laughs> oh, no, it's not a cat. <laughs> but... Um, if they can't get a loan deal in this late in the day, even a, even an emergency one, can they go to the academy and maybe bring up one of the under twenty ones or under nineteen boys up? Well, that would be unfair as well. You know that that's really uh, throwing someone in at the deep end who is simply not ready for football at that level. I but, mean, it depends, doesn't it? If you're talking sixteen, then it might be unfair. But you know, yeah. someone at twenty one, I don't know. I, I think again, I, I think people are just uh, overlooking the fact that this has happened time without number. I'm not Prior sure to Three goalkeepers in one day uh, Well 
emergency loan signings that. on I get a Friday that, but, night. But I think there's still room to not dismiss it out hand out so quickly and, and claim that it's completely normal. I've I've never seen three no, goalkeepers not, in one day. Of course, it's not completely normal. But what would you have anyone do under the circumstances? Well, they James have is saying play an academy goalkeeper. And, and, well, Fraser goes on about the integrity of the competition, and rightly so. So where's the integrity of the competition if you are trawling the academy for a some passing teenager who is clearly not at that level? Again, though, if it was three right backs that were injured, you you probably would sit th- th- down and play one of your youth right backs, no, you, would you no, not? You would, would you move you, someone you else would, around? Yeah, yeah, you'd rejig your squad. Yeah, That's what squad, squads yeah. are there yeah. for. Yeah, most most outfield players can play a couple of positions at least, you know. So you can you can rejig your squad or, or play somebody right back. Obviously, is a hardest position in the park. Uh, <laughs> and left back so I don't know why that just sprung to mind when I looked at you. Um what about James's point though is is there anyone there on the on the fringes or no, there's not this young young lad David Wilson was actually released in the summertime I just actually noticed earlier today during I think he's signed for Clyde. Um but they I had a quick look at the the website I couldn't think of any goalkeeper who maybe be a number 4 maybe around at that 18 19 20 they don't have anybody and one of the, the issues around this whole situation is that there's there's not going to be much, if any, development football. So clubs are not adding to their squads. They're not having a fourth choice goalie or a young kid who plays for the the development squad, the 18s or whatever else, because they're just focusing on getting games on the Saturday. And so our, I don't think they have another goalie. Our esteemed, our esteemed colleague Roger Hanna um, has suggested something to me as well, and uh, he's now just he's now just confusing me. He sent me a couple of contradictory messages. I'll I'll, I'll hold back on that, and then I'll. Uh, We'll get to the bottom of something else that I thought we were maybe going to have to consider, Hugh. But Hugh Fraser's right. If there's only got, there's only so many people you can choose from, and, and clubs have had to cut cloths accordingly recently. So Jim Goodwin will know countless agents, and agents will have countless goalkeepers who are ready to step in. I fully appreciate that it's far from ideal, and that Jack Ross will be thinking, "Well, that's a, a break in our favour." However, it is. Unavoidable mm-hmm. It is an emergency Circumstance It happens And Jim Goodwin Will deal with it James pretty much everyone Who's phoning Or, or tweeting so far Is saying that the game Should be off What's your own take on it? No I think it should be played uh, I think when you go down The route of Calling off games You're just going to Prolong the season And we've got to get To a stage where that Where you've got Three or four games In a week At the end of the season And I think Fans are going to be phoning up moaning about that at the end of the season. Oh, but we've got four games and they've only got three because maybe you get a game postponed yeah. midweek in January. But <sighs> this is strange times around. And as Hughes rightly said, there's there's more at stake than football. There's people's lives at stake, and obviously the three keepers at St Mirren. You know, we're saying a kind of speedy recovery mm-hmm. and back to football as quickly as possible. But you know, you need to kind of take stock and look at it as it is and try and get football back. Absolutely. I think James is a fair-minded man I think the natural inclination in this part of the world Is always to think conspiracy <laughs> yeah. Always Everything's a conspiracy Even illness is a conspiracy here <laughs> I'm kind of getting that on, on, on Twitter, Fraser I think clearly what's muddying the waters here Is those postponements yeah, of the yeah. Aberdeen games yeah. And the Celtic games There, there seems to be a, a real... Groundswell of opinion out there Hold on a minute Aberdeen had games cancelled Celtic had games cancelled Why can St Mirren not get this game cancelled? But surely it's important to remember Celtic's game was not cancelled Because people felt sorry for them That they couldn't play volleyball and golly 
And that's what people would be suggesting tonight If you're saying St Mirren should have the game postponed Because it's unfair that they go into the game without three keepers That is not the same thing that happened with Aberdeen or with Celtic Because Aberdeen were willing to play without the eight players And there was some sort, we don't know quite how much Some sort of government intervention which led to those postponements Absolutely, Nicola Sturdon said It's not our decision but I wouldn't expect to see Aberdeen and Celtic play And that's almost a verbatim quote The weekend when you're getting that publicly you can only imagine what the conversations are like behind the scenes between governing bodies and, and government. So we'll never know how much pressure or, or whose decision it was, but the decision was made. I think it was the wrong decision. So therefore, I'm going to stick to my decision about playing tomorrow's game and not and not mm-hmm. uh, not cancelling it. We have to get to a stage where you know, we're going to have to live with this. As I said before, Mbappé, Pogba, international players have caught it. The Czech team's caught it as well. We're going to have to adapt and be sensible and not just yeah. be so rigid to say, ah, but, yeah. ah, but, they get cancelled, therefore let's cancel every game because before. I, I must admit, we're not immersed in it the way we are here, so I don't I don't know this for sure, but looking at it from afar, the, the impression I get is that in other countries, players test positive, they isolate, the games go ahead, and everyone moves on with their lives, yes. but in, he, in here we... We don't do that We're always looking for What about that What about that What about that And, and you, we go around in circles I've told you Illness is a conspiracy here What about it We're, we're the best in the, in the world At what about it we, we, we played we, an international We have to adapt We have to adapt We have to be flexible We can't just say Because it happened over there Then it must happen over here If it's wrong You know. It's... We played an international match Fraser on Monday night Against the Czech Republic Now the The real Czech Republic team Had been in the Biosecure bubble and then were affected by coronavirus So they were all Sent to the one side And a made up Czech Republic team played Who were not in any biosecure mm. bubble And I thought to myself at the time I think this is dangerous But UEFA said Get it played And they, that's they, what They must have been tested before And actually in Fraser That's what I'm thinking Whoever this mystery goalkeeper um, The more I think about it I feel like this goalkeeper is going to have to come in from a club that's been testing, and I don't, I don't know that for sure, but I just can't see why. I don't know. I don't. I can't know. see how I that would be. I can see where you're coming from. I can see possible where you're coming from, yeah, yeah. In, in the end, the people will decide if things are okay. So who's who, matters is the local health board? You, you said that this the, the discussions yeah. with uh, about the third choice goalkeeper. Or the third, so who, third who's goalkeeper. who's been testing the Premiership clubs and Hearts essentially? So you would have to look English clubs So you would would look Firstly to them And you're not getting An English goalie up Unless he's jumped In the car already Um, I don't know North of England You might make it In time for kick off I'm not sure Hearts and St Murn Are good pals after That's uh, a good point That's a a good point Yeah, listen, there's plenty of players there I mean the one person Who'll be sitting sweating tonight Will be Jamie Langfield Because Jamie Jamie might be sitting thinking Maybe he could play Well he, I don't think he'll want to He'll be sitting there thinking Oh my goodness me If we kind of get a goalkeeper in, Do I have to sign But he's not a sign player So again, uh, How often a long time. At amateur football When you're struggling for a goalie And some random old goalie Turns up No offence to Jamie If he's listening I'm not calling him a random old goalie But it's always the, It's always the position Where someone will just turn up With a pair of gloves And <laughs> see what happens Hopefully it doesn't come to that um, I was going to bring in Another caller Who's just disappeared So let me just Get him back And we'll check in on the question Martin says 10 clubs have won The European Cup Or Champions League Once and once only Mark O'Brien Has steamed in on Twitter mm. Two footed And got them all right Brilliant oh, Atletico Madrid No Marseille Yes Good one St Etienne Did they win Nope We lost it here um, Six to go lost it, Borussia Dortmund Yes, well done. Five to go, and we'll get them next. 
0141-951-1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard, Fraser Wishart and Hugh Keevans are here with me, Gordon Duncan. It's been quite the night. Breaking news tonight that St Mirren will be without three goalkeepers uh, for tomorrow's game against Hibs, but the game does go ahead now. Um, been trying to find out a bit more about the obstacles and the challenge facing St Mirren as they scramble around tonight and try and get an emergency loan in Hugh is our understanding that goalkeeper would have to come from a bubble a, a team that has been under the testing protocols yeah. i.e. somewhere else in the Scottish Premiership yeah. or Hearts I think there are a couple I think there might be the odd other club here and there um, that are doing the testing but free agents who have not been attached to clubs as far as I can gather They're not an option Because they've not been Getting tested recently um, Similarly um, Academy players And so on If they've not been tested They wouldn't be an option There is of course The possibility That you could get someone From down south But I think you then Run into difficulties With how long You have to keep them for yeah, If St yeah. Mirren Are going to sign a keeper For down south Chances are They'd have to keep them Until January And I'm not sure That's something They'd want to, to do I think football and I'll bow to Fraser's superior knowledge here But I think football in emergency conditions As we are living under now with the coronavirus Is entitled to put emergency procedures in place And if a club is three goalkeepers down uh, And they can get one goalkeeper in to play against Hibs But one of their own goalkeepers will be ready For the visit of Celtic on Wednesday night Then I think they should be allowed that consideration and be able to bring in someone under these emergency, extraordinary, unprecedented conditions for one game only. Shows you the size of the challenge, though, oh, totally. Fraser. Totally. And, and the issues around uh, we are within the transfer window, so this could just be a normal loan. Um, usually, with the transfer window in this circumstance, it's happened, it could be, be an emergency and the board will sanction it for a, for a short period. Uh, I'm not sure whether it's required to be an emergency loan. There's all sorts of things in the background that I can't comment on. Mm. You know, for example, length of the loan. You know, usually contracts have to be from one window to the next, and there's no recall within it. So, if I think that is that why it would still go down then as an emergency because it would be maybe be a seven, seven yeah, days or whatever. It could be. It could be. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, I'm really feeling about it, Dark. I don't know too much about it. That's a possibility, but there's yeah. all sorts. But you can imagine the hoops that Simona jump through right Absolutely. now to try and get somebody in. Right, let's bring in Paul and Mary Hill. What do you make of this, Paul? It's quite the quite the story, isn't it? Well, I think I think the thing is the who's jumping on the West of Scotland conspiracy stuff. See, for me, it's not a question of conspiracy. It's a question of competence. You get a situation here. Why does it? I mean, my understanding is that the announcement about the goalie army was made on about Wednesday, and it's Friday night at half six before we get a decision. We then have a situation where you're going to you're going to compromise the biosafe bubble at St Mirren. You're going to, you know, you, the, the the irony is that goalkeepers tend to be isolated in their own bubble anyway, and full time clubs training away from the rest of the squad for a large part of the time and things like that. So. That's where the decision's made to, to, you know, for two goalkeepers to be unavailable and a, a third goalkeeper to be put into some sort of observation process. So having made these decisions, you, you've left the club with very, very limited, if any, options. You just you just spread them out there, Gordon, around. They would have to be linked to a club at the moment. 
how long, you know, Hugh himself has just raised the issue about how long would the contract have to be. He's absolutely right that, you know, we're, we're living in emergency times, so you need to make emergency decisions. But if you make that decision at six o'clock on a Friday night for a three o'clock kick-off on a Saturday, I think that club's entitled to come back to you and say, in this emergency situation, I'm sorry, you're wrong. You know, the unique situation around goalkeepers, I'm not going back to your point earlier, Gordon, about, uh, you know, two right-backs and all that. No, no, it's completely and utterly a recognition of the unique yeah, position of the specialist situation. And then, and then all, of the, all of the COVID protocols that need to be met and are clearly not being met here, clearly will not be met. And you will compromise the, the you know, you've got to have a club basing yourself to, well, do we, mm. you know, we put a lot of time, energy and money into this. Well, I don't, I don't know about that part, Paul. What, what, what do you mean by that? How, how are they compromising? Well, 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 for a start, you, you've just said yourself, you need to have somebody that was currently tested. So that limits you to, I think you mentioned maybe 12, 14 mm. clubs in Scotland. Yeah, I get that. But so assuming it is someone from those clubs, for instance, and they have been tested and they come in, how are you compromising the, the, the biosecure bubble or whatever it's called? Well, I suppose I suppose the question is: Are you are you convinced that the club that he's coming for you is uh, carrying out the same practices as you? Well, the testing pro- the, the, the testing protocol is the testing protocol, though. Hugh, you, you either trust it or you don't. Yeah, you see, um, Paul accuses me of hanging this on the West of Scotland conspiracy theorists, and and then he he found a, a loophole here uh, in the bubble uh, where some might not have good bubbles and the loophole. Well, listen, there's no loophole. No, no loophole. Jim Goodwin tonight mm. is going to be calling his managerial pals and he's going to be saying, who have you got that can help me out? And the player will not be allowed to go to St Mirren unless he comes from the biosecure bubble. There will mm. be no compromise of the protocols and whoever comes in will be eligible in every sense of the word to play for St Mirren tomorrow Yeah, like like I mentioned there to Paul Fraser I don't agree for a second that you're compromising anything If you're signing someone who's also under the testing protocol However, what what is an absolutely fair point that, that Paul makes It's it's just a big ask for St Mirren It's, it's the time And yeah. St Mirren make that kind of clear in the statement They talk about it being a very late decision um, On a Friday night And it, it leaves them with a real, yeah, real struggle the, to find the goalkeeper said, I, I don't think you can play the game if they can't have a goalkeeper And... One thing that's been taken out of the equation because usually you know you're sitting a Friday night saying well you can't cancel it tomorrow because Hibs will be bringing thousands of supporters through they won't be so so a decision can be made fairly last minute but I just think it'd be wrong to ask St Mirren to, to even play Jamie Langfield Jamie's not played for years yeah you know? I mean that's just unfair or to stick an outfield player in, in goals as well you've got to have a designated goal in the bench and all, that, all this kind of stuff there are suggestions already um, that Bobby's Lamal from Hearts might be an option yeah could be could so well, he would be Hearts reserve goalkeeper he would be in there. Testing regime You know I know that Fraser Brought up the point Of the last game played Before the lockdown Being St Mirren Against Hearts And St Mirren winning that game And staying up While Hearts were relegated But Hearts would recognise That that was not St Mirren's fault St Mirren didn't say Look Want the season called now To make sure that Hearts go down And we don't There were a few comments Flying around though Were there not During I think there was. I don't um, think there was, there was always comments a lot <laughs> around and Budgie's boat. And there wasn't a great stuff. deal of sympathy shown by those in Paisley towards no. those in Gorgie. No, and if Jonathan Abika hadn't scored that goal, then Simon would be in the, in the championship. But again, it, it goes back to and I don't know the answer because I haven't looked at the rules. But is it an emergency loan or is it, is it a loan to the next window? I think it's. A, I think an emergency loan is the suggestion. Well, they might want Bobby Lamal to get a game. 
but again, if he comes in and gets injured <laughs> and ends out for five months, there's all these things going through going through people's heads. They've also just loaned out Colin Doyle to Kilmarnock Hearts, so so they are an experienced goalkeeper down. Although Craig Gordon is the is the first choice. It's it's an awful situation for St. Martin. It really is. Not of anybody's making. It's just happened. Hopefully they can get somebody in, and they might get somebody from England. But again, you have to rely on the international transfer and the, the transfer of registration from the English FA to the Scottish FA. Can you get that done in time? Is that is it possible? I don't know. How how would we how would we manage it going forward, Paul? Then, if if it was to get your wish and, and this game be postponed, how do we would we just keep doing that every time no. we were in a, a similar no, no, situation? No. No. My, my initial issue is is not this game in isolation right. it's the overall competence shown by both the SPFL and the SFA things like this I heard you saying to Fraser earlier on we, we, we worried about this sort of thing well you know the role of the people at Hamden isn't to worry about them it's to work out what the solution is going to be if they come around you've got to do some scenario planning around that there needs to be some decisions that are, that are set in place at the start it just appears to me that we're bumbling through one bit to the next and, it's just, and, and as I say if, if Annie tests positive on Wednesday, why is it quarter past six on Friday night that they're turning around and saying, oh, by the way, none of the three goalies can play? That's just a ridiculous situation. The, the other two only happened today, Paul. They, they, they test twice a week. Yeah. So they only found out today about the second goalie. But uh, listen, it's very difficult for, for authorities to... to cater for every single possible scenario you know this is this is just unbelievable it's unique ok we'll leave it there Paul thank you very much Paul and Mary Hill hopefully we'll speak to you soon right quickly you're looking for more clubs that have won the European Cup or Champions League once you've got Dortmund Chelsea Hamburg Marseille Red Star Belgrade Bayer Leverkusen no there's a conspiracy Hugh no. we've forgotten about the, the, the local one Celtic Aston Villa incredible that you forgot that one yep Ream did Ream win it? nope they get beaten by Real Madrid Two Dutch clubs Still to go um, well, Must be Feyenoord and PSV Yes And yes And the last one Come on From which country? Oh, You'll absolutely Scoosh it if I tell you that Is it a one-off? Is it a small yeah. country? Yeah small country. I mean it, Well obviously it's a one-off Because no, <laughs> none, yeah. You know what I mean it's, it's not like it's from England Where no. six clubs have won it No Sweden, Denmark Norway Germany You're testing me for the year now Was it oh, I can't remember off the top of my head as well um, I'll just tell you the country Romania Oh yeah Story Bucharest When was that 87 Barcelona penalties. Uh, Thank you very much We're back tomorrow at 2 o'clock We would love for you to join us GBX Friday is up next <laughs>